Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening. This is Love Sport Radio and I am Matthew Beadle and I am joined by the guys from <coughs> Gunnerstown, Giles Anyam, Charlie East and Chris Howard for the Arsenal Fan Show. And fellas, listen, I hope the team spirit in here is going to be amazing because we need to continue working and improving things. Do I sound like anybody you might know? <laughs> Thank We're all good here. <laughs> fellas, listen, 3-2 over Aston Villa. What a performance, resilience, strength of character. You just kept going and going and going. But 10 minutes before you got that equaliser, it was a slightly different story and a slightly different attitude inside the Emirates. Am Never I right? In doubt. Never in doubt, John? No? <laughs> no. Listen, before we go any further, I was with, a, with an Arsenal fan yesterday. And uh, when it was 2-1, he was saying, you know what? I, I, think he's, I think he's done, Emery. I think he's done, mate. I, th- I think it's all over. No one's talking about the elephant in the room that is Nicola Pepe. No one's talking about the fact that he Please just can't get it right. Please pass the message on, you mate's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> truly believe that? Yeah, I truly believe that. Any yeah. Arsenal he fan is... that wants a manager sacked after 16 months is an idiot. You, that's, this, that's my, you've, you've teed him this up This is you setting up my rant already. <laughs> oh, Charlie Mayard. Do you know what? So there's going to be a Charlie East rant tonight. Let's yeah, go straight. Is. Let's dive straight head first into it. Excuse These... me. I've just got my popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> These Arsenal fans calling for a manager's head after 16 months in charge is absolutely ludicrous. And it infuriates me. It really does. I'm hearing various... Don't get me wrong. The majority of them are people on social media who don't frequent games which is that's not that's one way but it is it annoys me I mean the guy has taken over a club after a manager of 20 years probably the hardest job in football to pick up really what he's done after, other than maybe Sir Alex but look what United have done since then second manager every two years they've not improved they've not improved at all they did okay. win the Europa League yeah but, but we, we were very close to winning the Europa League you know, we, 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 not it, not in that final. We weren't no, very it wasn't, close at all. But it just thing is, Charlie. Let me ask you this: If the club had as much faith in him as you and others do, they would have given him not the two and a new two plus you know one. What? Year, I, I, I I am open to reevaluate this at the end of the two years. I, I'm happy to do that. But to sack a football manager mm. in October when we're sitting in the top four, okay, yeah, mm. sitting in the top four. We've got half of our defence to come back. Is absolutely... And the mere fact even people is mentioning it because them sort of things become toxic mm. and they become spread like wildfire, these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Once someone gets on it, they think it's the right thing to jump on. And it just becomes toxic. It comes toxic in the ground, it comes toxic in away days. It, and it spreads through to the team. And we cannot afford that to happen at the moment. I think, I think um, I'm going to play, try and play devil's advocate. Oh, I was going to say, I'm not necessarily against what I, I, um, Charlie's saying because I want him to, I want him to, we all want him to succeed, you know, for the sake of Arsenal. But um, if it gets to the point where, look, there's a, man, there's a manageable run of games now, yeah? After, after Man United, you've got, you've got, a man, you've got 10 games yeah. where they're manageable. If we get to this Man City, which is mid-December, and he's not improved things, and we're going backwards. Yeah. What do you say then? What do you think then? I, I, I honestly think you give the man to the end of the season. No can matter what. Af- can we afford if we don't get Champions League? Can we afford to let that happen? Yeah, but what, what? What's guaranteeing bringing someone new in 
in October or wherever, in December, you've got a new manager coming who very really see who's out there. I'm seeing people saying to me Allegri and Nangles. I said, who would you want instead? Some of the names I've seen pop up are ridiculous. People saying Mikel Arteta. If you honestly think Mikel Arteta is going to leave Manchester City to come to us, no chance. Absolutely no chance. Of course he would. No chance. He'd be Not given, by half through the season, no chance. He'd be given the head coach role. No, that, Very different from being I, an assistant manager. I want him to succeed. If, he, if, he's in with a, if he's still in the mix by the time we reach Man City mid-December, because we've got a few, I've looked at the running yeah. fixtures in there, some dodgy games in there. If we're still in the mix, come, come Man City mid-December, and we get through that period, of the, the Christmas period, fine. If we do not, if we do not, if we come a cropper, if we come across with these, even before Man City, if we come across with these next ten games, then serious questions have to be asked because uh, uh, we cannot go. We cannot go another season outside the Champions League. If we are to get rid of him, get somebody else in. So I, I, I agree with that. Just, just to jump in, sorry to say, <coughs> if we're still in the mix, to say, as long as we don't come a cropper in those next ten games, what does that mean for Arsenal? Because as things stand, like you're saying, if Unai Emery is being questioned, you lost one game this season. I know. Some teams would bite your hand off for that record, Matt. Matt, look at the manner of those games. Not just the results, you've got to look at the manner of those games. I've conceded 31 shots against Watford last week. 50 games, 50 shots in total between the two sides this, this weekend. Charles, right. I looked at that 30, where are these shots thing coming again? I, was, I looked at them videos again, them shots, right? 11 or 12 of them were, were outside the six-yard box, virtually, really. They were but, nowhere near. But the, but the thing is, managers Frankfurt, are saying... how many shots did Frankfurt have against us? I think it was 40 shots in total, weren't there? We won 3-0. Yeah. Well done. But what it is, what's it's telling me is that sides are saying, look, just have a go at them. Shoot from anywhere. Even if it's a poor... If even if there's a little chance of it hitting the target, Arsenal are that vulnerable, have a go. You're not seeing that against the other big teams. Yeah, but that, that's happened for us for, for exactly and for the years, thing is, mate. And the, thing is, and the thing is, things are not getting any better. They're not really improving. That's, that's my worry. No, we can say the result was we won 3-2 yesterday and we beat um, Burnley 2-1 and we beat Frankfurt. But the thing is, underlying that, un- the performances aren't I, I, great. I get that. And sorry, Chris, you're coming in time you want him, mate. Are you at this, mate? Are you at this? Hey, sorry. But I'm just, uh, it's just, as we've just said, Mountain Niles, which I'm sure will come up later on today, not right back. And for mm. me, it's been terrible. Okay? You've got Socrates... With me personally, I don't think can play out from the back the mm. way we've tried to do it. Yep. David Luiz is a strange one because I, I think the people blame him for the goal yesterday, but it was Callum Chambers' fault. Mm-hmm. By country mile. the ball was laid out to him. He's well, got acres you can apportion of time. A, you can apportion blame to both of them really because yeah. Luiz could have been closer if, in tracking down Wesley. I mean, Wesley's mm. not done a lot; he's just died towards the near post. If Callum Chambers don't lose the ball; that doesn't even come into play. Mm. Very true. So Callum Chambers' fault. But there are always football matches yeah, are know. Uh, you know. Every, everything revolves around mistakes that happen at different of parts of the pitch. Mm. So if that if if Callum Chambers doesn't make that mistake, then who's to say that you know if he does that if he doesn't make that mistake, then further up the pitch another mistake no, happens no, and then comes back the lead. So it's it's also still that's still playing out from the back, not as extreme as last week, but that was still as a result of playing out from the back when you just don't need to. <laughs> Leno's given that to Louise, right? Yeah. And Louise, the only thing I can liken that to, right? Because because as soon as you give it away, and yes, Callum Chambers should have done better with the control, but as soon as you do that and then you lose the ball, you are instantly on the back foot because you're already so yeah. deep. I liken <clears> that to playing Sunday morning football, right? When you're smashing a team 10, 11, 12 nil, we were all there back in the day. And David Luiz as a centre-back was a bit like, I just want to play, I want the ball at my feet, I want to play. He didn't need the ball there. No. He didn't need it. And as a result, he was out of position. Yes, he should have been closer to Wesley, but it was all just a massive mishmash as a result playing out from the back. We didn't do that as much as I did, we? 
but that still came from it that goal mm. it feels uh, like there's mm. been a bit of a lesson learned but I think yeah. if you again just to flank you on the other side of devil's advocate um, <laughs> I think one of the issues that people have is that they are seeing consistent mistakes made on a regular basis and what people are getting frustrated with is the fact that these are the mistakes that we've seen from last season it seems a bit of a hangover from last season and I think that is where the frustration is coming on your point on social media, um, people tend to feed off of each other yep. through social media. So if you get one or two people who have a little bit of influence, I don't want to go into marketing spiel and talk to influencers, but when you do get an influencer that has a narrative, then sometimes that narrative gets weaved into other people's psyche and then they build that and it becomes it builds to a crescendo and all of a sudden it just erupts. And I see that with players. Like I know you've got your own issues with Mustafi, but that really came to a head because it was almost like within the space of a few weeks, all of a sudden everyone turned on him. And I feel like it's no. because the what narrative changed. Yeah, and, it, no. and then it changed inside <clears throat> the stadium and then it was gone. He's done the same now to Jacker. And Xhaka. we'll talk about yeah. Jacker in a bit. Done the same now to That could potentially be the same thing. And I, I think that's wrong. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've always been quite defend. I've always defended Jacker. Mm. Yeah, I think this season, I think he's an indefensible. I can't defend him. Because yeah. he's been, as, you've, as you've, you've rightly said, he has made so many mistakes. And, I, and and as I said, with the Emery stuff, I am open to reviewing this at the end of the season. I am. I really am. And, and maybe if we don't meet top four, he has got to go. But he has to be given the opportunity to try and achieve what he's been set out to do. Second a manager after 16 months would be... I'll be so disappointed yeah. that my football club have done that. Do I'll be gutted. You- so we're not question. Southampton, here's we're not Watford. Here's a question for you. Do you think that tactically Emery got it wrong against Watford? Uh, the only thing I think Emery gets wrong at the minute is playing Gondouji and Xhaka in the same team. Well, yeah, That's, I agree that, with that. That is something I think is what we is completely yeah. against. Uh, I think that is what is going wrong. Mm. And I'm hoping but, but, yesterday, watching Xhaka go off and then Gondouji flourishing, because first half is that Gondouji was terrible. I know he's getting yeah. lots of yeah, yeah, terrible yeah. first half. Goal yeah. was his fault. Yeah. I'm hoping that maybe Emery has seen that. Let's get something wrong. We don't know what's happening in training. I'm sure Granite Xhaka in training every day is a leader on that pitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He probably stands out. and he probably, He's probably why he's most likely to get the captain. Exactly. And yeah. I, I think that is probably the case. Mm. I do think he needs a break from that team for his sake and for the fans' sake. Because I think he has become a major scapegoat now. Mm. But his wife's going to be in labour soon. Give him a break. Yeah. Give him a little break. Because you asked me a question earlier on about what's it around in the crowd yesterday. Mm. No one where I sat really was turned on Emery so much, but they were turned on Xhaka. Mm. Really turned on Xhaka. I don't like seeing that. And I don't, I don't like seeing that to a player who I think he does care. I think he does. He he, he does care about us. Mm. I think. Can I tell you then, and yeah, it relates Mustafi, to Xhaka. I thought Mo would laugh about it. I mm. mean, he, he looked like he didn't care. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Can I tell you something mm. which does frustrate me about Emery, and perhaps this is another <clears> reason why it's building, this sort of uh, fan sentiment is building. Um, when Emery arrived, he made it very clear that this was going to be a meritocracy. It doesn't matter about how much you're earning. It doesn't matter what your name is. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play based on form. And I feel like 
Xhaka maybe is an instance. Mm. Maybe Sogradis is an instance mm. as well. We're not seeing that. We're not mm. seeing the meritocracy because if we were, then if you're going to have two or three bad games, as I think Sogradis has now had, mm. North London derby, yeah. Watford away. But who and plays ahead of him at the minute? Oh, I'll play Callum Chambers. I'll play Chambers. Well, well yeah, I defense. think maybe you may see that, but I think I, I, I do agree with that. And But the other side of it, Emery played Saka yesterday and Ozil didn't get a look in. Mm. So... Yeah, but this is again. This, is, this adds to my point. I don't think it's a meritocracy. I think he's he's exactly the same as Wenger and and other managers. He's so he got has his people favorites. he trusts. Yeah, and and he decided that he isn't a fav- uh, Ozil isn't a favourite. Xhaka is a favourite. Do we miss Ozil? Not in my book. No. Do you miss Ozil? Well, we are going to discuss that, Charlie. After this, it's the Arsenal fan show on Love Sport. Love Sport. Good evening, this is Love Sport and I'm Matt Beadle, joined by the guys from Gunnerstown because this is the Arsenal <coughs> fan show on a Monday night on Love Sport. We are reflecting on that 3-2 win over Aston Villa yesterday, that incredible, emphatic 3-2 win against Aston Villa yesterday. Some conjecture in the studio as to how emphatic that win was, but we were talking about subs, guys, earlier, and you mentioned this, Chris, about whether Unai Emery got his substitutions wrong last week against Watford. Can we not flip that on its head now and say, do you know what? He learned from that and he got it bang on Spot yesterday. On. Well, right, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, thought I, thought, I thought he got it. I mean, okay, well, he was forced into a position, but he could have brought in Ozil. He didn't. He brought in Torreira. Exactly. You talk yeah? about the meritocracy as well. We're talking about he controlling the game. On the bench. Being yeah. attacker, he's brought in Ozil and, and uh, sorry, Torreira and Wilk, who both really, really affected the game. Yeah. They helped Guendouzi affect the game in a positive manner. Yeah. And uh, what I'm not sure about is whether we won because of um, Emery's tactical interventions or not. I mean, I suppose bringing those two subs is a form of tactical intervention. You have to give him that credit. Yeah. Like, we have to both lambast him for probably the team selection. Because I think, and this is, what you said earlier is absolutely bang on the money. Granite Xhaka and Matteo Ganduzzi do not work together. They are too similar. Going forward... Absolutely fine. Jacker can see he's, he's he's got vision in front of him. He can spot passes. He can play forward balls. He can play the ball through the lines. Absolutely fine. Gendouzi's energy, his his creativity, he's he's got movement and he going forward. Absolutely no problem. But defensively, there are massive issues with both, mainly because mm. I don't think Granite Jacker. It's not that he can't see what's going on. He just doesn't have the engine to do it. Gendouzi has the engine. He just doesn't seem to have the brain, which mm. is fine. Mm. He's twenty years old. Kid. Maybe he'll evolve, but and hopefully he will evolve. But right but now, that doesn't work. I think tactically, he got it wrong at first. He put three midfielders in there who can't tackle. You got mm. Ceballos, you got Gendouzi, you got Xhaka. You can't tackle. You can't. You don't see. They can't. They can't spot and close off the danger. Well, and, it's been and, and, yeah, yeah, and, but he's been on the He was on the bench. Yeah, he was so, on the, started on the bench. And what and what you saw Aston Villa doing was as what happened last week, strolling through our midfield. Yeah, just strolling on unabated. You know, <clears> because <throat> you have got three midfielders. It's all creativity. We're supposed to have control. If you have got those three midfielders in there, you're telling me that's we, we're expecting to have control of the game. And, and this, there was no control of the game. And this is an issue that I have as well, is that, and, and this is an Emery tactical thing, because when, you're get, when you've got that much space, you've basically got too much space between defence, midfield and attack. And that's why we're creating that, that much space, because we're pushing, we're pressing high, but we're pressing high in patches. Mm. And that then means that we've got acres for teams to then just, Pretty as much. soon as you break beyond that line of press... It's absolutely acres of space. And we saw that yesterday. Villa had three or four players with the freedom of the Emirates right, in the middle the of the park. It was a ridiculous moment with John McGinn where yeah. he kind of yeah. did a little pirouette and still yeah. had space yeah. and got the shot yeah. off, obviously, a good save from Burnham. Jack Grealish was superb yesterday. Yeah. 
watching, yeah. I thought, just watching him live, yeah. how he just sort of, he bossed the midfield. Uh, I don't know if that's how weird Paul or not, mm. but the way he just controlled the game for the, the first half, and the way he just, his but movement. We, you, weren't you concerned that we couldn't get near them? I was a little bit at the time, but that was the first half. I thought, I generally thought, with Xhaka and Gunduz in there, mm. I, thought it was te- I thought it was terrible. I, I I thought, uh, yeah, I thought those three, I, I just don't think you can have those three. You weren't really getting much through. from Pepe. Mm. He, wasn't, he wasn't doing nothing out there. Saka was working hard, to be mm. fair, running out. Sabahas was poor, wasn't he? Sabahas was very you, you poor. Can't, you can't, interesting, you were saying about tackling. Mm. I've got, I made a note of it. 13 duels, he won five. Yeah. You just 13. start to see this occasionally from these players that come from the likes of La Liga. We saw it with David Silva when he first came to the Premier League with Man City. Had an initial impact, but mm. then it just took him a bit of a while to just get used yeah. to mm. the physical nature and the pace and the power mm. of the Premier League. We might see that with Sabahas. Just mm. going back to Matteo Guendouzi, obviously always a topic of conversation on, yeah. on this particular show, Charlie. You've aired your grievances with him in the past. He's come back to, you know, oppose you and almost prove you wrong. Yes, they were Jekyll and Hyde. It was, wasn't it? I mean, the first goal, I mean, he lost his man. Mm -hmm. But the second half, and particularly the second goal, can can I say that was slightly Vieira-esque? Grabbing the ball by the horse. He did a similar thing at North London Derby Mm -hmm. as well. Second half, much better. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Giles, go on. He, he's quite offended, in, quite offended it's been compared to Vieira. No, you know, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. the only similarity I can see with Vieira is that young petulance, that, 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 he's a bad loser, he's a sore loser. Yeah. And, he, and, and, and do you know what I mean? And I love, I love that about him. He's a bad loser. If things are going wrong, he'll get, he'll get in your face, he'll be a nuisance, he'll try and drive it. He's, he's that typical player in the school ground that you either, if he's on your team, you love him. If, you, if you're playing against him, you absolutely he hate is him. that. He's going to be that player. Yeah. Opposing fans are gonna hate. hate. Yeah, not because he's he's quality, but the way he is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, he's yeah. I mean, when we beat Tottenham last faces. year, yeah. he was outside the yeah. car waving all his hands. Yeah. The Watford thing last week. Apparently, he said to Joel, John Terry at the end of the game, he said, um, "He had some words with him." Yeah, yeah, some words. Goes, I'm in your head now. You know, so he said that to John Terry at the end of the game. So you know, he's <laughs> he's, he's got that kind of personality, and that's what I like. About, and that's what I compare him to Vieira. But I mean, in terms of his performance in the second half. Typical Gwendouzi, I think, when, when, when you want to go forward and you want to impress them in the game, he's the kind of player that you want. I don't think, I, I don't see him as a DM. That's what, that's my that's my issue with him. Oh, I agree with that. You know, I don't think he's a DM at all. I think he's a, and, 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 and I think he's a forward player, thinking player. I'm going to throw something out here for you. Oh. We discussed it in the car yesterday on the way back. When everyone's back fit, David Luiz, a uh, defensive midfielder. I generally, I, even yesterday, that time he was in the corner, he beat a play. He doesn't lose you the ball. You can do it when everybody's back fit. So then, what's your what's your defence? I'm, I'm not saying it as a general saying, but holding, yeah, Socrates, yeah, or Chambers, or Chambers, mm. Bellerin, and Tierney, Tierney, Louise just in front, screened the back four. Well, the thing about that, that's I mean, one of the challenges that we had yesterday is that we haven't got no one who could tackle. Mm. The thing, well, Lucas Torreira. Yeah, true. Mm. But the challenge is, is that I feel like he's he feels like the only one that fits into that gap at the moment. And because he's been away on international duty, you know, he he came back late and he's not he's he's, he's taking his time to get in. His well. season hasn't really got, started yet, has it? It hasn't started exactly, Charles. Mm. So I wonder if we, you know we need a backup to that. To me, that backup would either be Chambers because he did it brilliantly For at Fulham, Fulham or Louise. you play someone like David Luiz. Yeah. Can we talk about Callum Chambers? Yep. Yeah, please. Played a pivotal role yesterday when mm. he came on. And I think that I'm not going to turn around and say that's what Callum Chambers gives you. But let's not forget, he came to prominence at Southampton as a, let's say, a marauding right back, but an attacking right back, which is where he was noticed by Arsene Wenger. Great finish 
by the way. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. finish. Fantastic. And he played a he played a part in the, the winner as mm. well because he was mm. in that wall and for a long time he was yeah. just looking directly at, at Tom keeper. Heaton. Yeah. And then he did the little spin and yeah. they were moaning that he fouled <clears throat> he made he, he made a foul. He didn't. It was a great free kick from Aubameyang. But Callum Chambers, yeah. you know, is this pushing for a regular first team spot? Not a right back. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'd say that. Not. A, he's. I think he's done an admirable job for the kind of player he's as a, as a right back. He's yeah. not a right back, but I put him in. I put him inside and. You got to think the one clean sheet we've kept this season. He was centre off. Yeah. I mean that was against terrible Newcastle United yes, team. However, I think that again, like I said, I was a big fan of Sogradis last season. I can say his name properly, so I would be. Um, <laughs> I love it when you say his name. Mm-hmm. Do. Say it again. Say it again. Sogradis. <laughs> Careful there, Charlie. <laughs> We've moved um, into a different realm of but, the Arsenal but, fan show. But anyway, I think his form is such that he's got to be pulled. He's got to yeah. be hooked. I think he's so. a one-season player. I think he had one season in him, and we saw that last season. And even towards the end of last season, he was starting to... There's too many rickets in his game. And this season, every game so far this season, I think Sagratti's... Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm losing a bit of um, confidence yeah. of him. And, and as I said last week as well, I don't want... So much pressure to be on Rob Holding coming back. No, I think because he needs seem, to be yeah. eased in. He needs yeah. to be sort of. I'm hoping he gets a game tomorrow mm. against Forest. I think he should. I think, I think he, he should. should yeah. And I'd like to see him all. Does Ozil play tomorrow? It should. Should it? <laughs> really? Should it? He needs to play against Notts Forest. So. <laughs> Well, we pay him enough. We should get him him on there somehow. Well, when you look at the weekend, just to finish up on, there are a couple more points that we do need to touch on before we finish this discussion. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. That's that's one of them, Charlie. Believe it or not. I mean, there's one guy I want to call him out. A friend of mine, um, Matt Tottenham fan, used to call him the Gabonese Jamie Vardy. That is outrageous. (laughs) I mean, what is the guy is. Top, top up there with the elite. Yeah. 16 goals in his last 16 games in all yeah. competitions and the fact that he gave Nicola Pepe that penalty yeah. speaks volumes. Well, I mean, yeah. some people will go, oh, he's not got that ruthless streak as a striker, no, especially when Sergio Aguero is scoring a goal a game and is battling him for that golden boot. boot. It's going to be competitive this mm-hmm. season if Tammy Abraham continues. Mo Salah, we know, will be up there as will Sadio Mane. But the fact that he gave Pepe the penalty to get off the mark and then won the game for Arsenal, he is. Do you remember when we when we signed him? There were people saying he was he was a bit of a troublemaker. Yeah, father can't can't be farther from the truth. He's absolutely loved within the club. He is, isn't he, Charlie? Absolutely well classed. I've got a little stat here for Bamiang, which is just seventy-two games he's been involved at Arsenal. In that time, he's got forty-eight goals and twelve assists. That's an, that's an average goal involvement every 94 minutes. You can't have him off the field. You can't. You, you need him on the field. And that is with yeah. a team, really. And people, people saying yesterday when I was moaning on Twitter, oh, imagine if we didn't have a Bamiyang. Well, we do. <laughs> and I'm very, very happy. <laughs> it's such a stupid yeah. argument. Oh, no. like, imagine if the sky wasn't blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if we'd have signed Ronaldo that yeah. day or something. And it's, it, what was great was his celebration as oh, well. Like, you yeah. can tell it yeah, really yeah. meant so yeah. much to him. Yeah. Someone, it was a, somebody said on Twitter it reminded them of... Um, Bakary Sanya's header against Tottenham. You know, that, that kind of, the way it kind of yes. lifted the whole place. You know what I mean? It was Did. that kind of, it was a pivotal. That was, a, that was a, that, that goal yesterday, the, the ground, that Must Emirates, shook, yeah. that Emirates, I've not seen the Emirates, it, 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 I mean, I think it gets to get a lot of unfair stick, the Emirates, because on a big game, it is a mm. good atmosphere in there. That goal yesterday was, it, it was it was mental. Yeah. It really was. I haven't seen it like that since, um, Welbeck scored against Leicester. I was going to say that. That's that, the other... That, 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 that was an absolute yeah. pearl. But yesterday, that was a roar and yeah. the, it was... 
it, everyone, it was, it was mental when that goal went in yesterday. It wasn't expected. And kind limbs, of, as they call it. Limbs. limbs. <laughs> and for me, that's, it was almost a classic Arsenal performance, but the type of performance as well that you look back and think that was exactly what it was like under Arsene Wenger. And yeah. I think that's the danger with the way that people are viewing Emery at the moment. It's the constant comparison of, oh, it's just like it was back in the day. Yeah, I, th- I think it's real. Like, another point I want to back Emery a little bit. People said, oh, people don't know, understand what he's doing. The players don't know. They're not behind... If the players weren't fully behind the manager, we don't win that game today. I, I, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a matter of players not. Be, I think the, the players they, are. They, they like him. They like him. They do like him. to the youngsters when they've been. They love him. They love Lundberg involved. They love the whole setup. They like the training session. Well, they like the fact that he's improving them and whatnot. I, I, my problem, my issue, my growing issue with it is, he came in. We thought he was a defensive coach, like he'd sort out the defence and be a bit more. T- and I don't see that. I no, don't see that. No, and if we don't, I, I, if we don't do win games that. by f- with four goals, we're gonna. It, it's one of those. It's that kind of. We're in that to, territory. We to, need to win. Score four to win. To be fair, Joe, was one of his first interviews. He did say, "I prefer to win games five by four. So that probably field. should have yeah. been. <laughs> 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 but you will also yeah. take that in terms of the entertainment. Well, value, yesterday, right? oh, I found enjoyed yesterday. It's fantastic. Really. Yeah. I was so good. that's what if you want you, from football, isn't if it? If you were to if you were to break down the game over ninety minutes, you thoroughly enjoyed it. Come on, mate. It was. It was fun yesterday. People moaning, there's people happy. Mm. It was, you know, when like, United when you're fans on the right and side Chelsea of the fans, Charlie, I, I understand yeah, that. Yeah. But you know, like years ago, when like Chelsea fans might be winning when they had Mourinho, mm. winning 1 0. Mm. But I know Chelsea fans who, have, who used to go around, they used to hate going football. Yeah. They're bored. They're boring. It was just, all right, you won, defended mm. well. It's boring. At least Arsenal. You're in for some goals. You're in for a bit of <laughs> Kevin Keegan football. <laughs> You're in that roller coaster, but it is. It is no clean sheet since the opening day. You had this exact same problem last season. What is it? Ten goals in five games. Now, Burnt Leno, by the way, came out yesterday and said that he thought Arsenal deserved the victory. I'm not entirely sure that's accurate. We, we haven't finished this debate. There are a few more things I want to talk about. <laughs> that's coming up on the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. This is Love Sport. Yes, this is Love Sport. It's the Arsenal Fan Show with me, Matt Beadle, and the guys from Gunnerstown. I've just been panned in the break because I said that I'm not convinced Burnt Leno's claim that Arsenal deserved to win that game was justified. You guys disagree with me? Let me smash you with some stats, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) 58% to 42 possession with 10 men. This is over 90 minutes. With 10 men, we had 58% to 42. We had 21 shots on target to their 14. Uh, 465 passes to their 326. This is with 10 men for two-thirds of the game. Come He's on. a stat man. <laughs> there we go. Victory, like you, you look it's at ours. the stats, but also we were terrible in the first half. We were, but and and I agree with you that Villa. Well, actually, it was Giles. Villa should have seen the game out. Should have. However, um, we were the better team. We created more chances. Ganduzi off the post as well forced a rebound off of uh, Heaton. The ball was almost exclusively in um, in yeah, Villa's right. half for a large chunk of that second half and. They broke. They broke occasionally, and they, and we had too much gaps, and we're picking holes in Arsenal. But we were we were the better team. And what's the stat on the goals? Mike mate? dropped. <laughs> Exit stage left. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, you're too lacking, aren't you? It's up for debate. Absolutely, I think the Villa could have killed the game off. But you're right. I mean, listen, I I was the one who said that I think Arsenal showed. Great resilience, great character. Shearer said that last night as well, which I was surprised about. He loves to have a dig at us, Alan Shearer. But he spoke about, he said, the second half performance showed a lot of character grit. from Arsenal. Grit, grit to come yeah. back. Because years gone by, they may not have come back through that. Mm. There is a gigantic caveat here, though, however. Mm. Handball. 
Potter did see it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see it. I mean, this has been, it's been kind of glossed over, which what in my opinion ball? is an absolute disgrace what from handball? the powers that be. I don't... Your what, mate. So- Socrates. Yes, your mate, Socrates. <laughs> there, there has never been a more blatant... In, in today's climate, with the nonsense that is VAR, the absolute guffery of VAR that exists in modern football right now, how on earth that cannot be given with VAR is just beyond recognition. It's I, beyond I, comprehension. It's absolutely absurd. I don't know what you say, you say but I think we got away with it there. I, did, I oh, do think we got away with it. Unbelievably got away with it. I thought it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, thought it looked no, worse when they slowed down, it right yeah. down. It, it was down, screen, it was down by his like arm. It, it's him up there. Yeah. So that's the first one. The second one... Charlie, there don't was let me lose There was also... There was a similar incident in the Villa box, mm. which nobody did anything with. The Arsenal players just walked away with. But there was a, there was a, there was a ball booted against the Villa players. It was Grealish. It was booted against Gre- Grealish's but is hand. It, is and, it, and, and that was... No, his hands are down by his side. Mm. Well, Socrates, his hands was... They were sort of by they his side. They were not in like an unnatural position, it's, is what you're saying. He wasn't holding it up so in the air. If he's holding it up in the air, you say... So therefore... If the ball strikes a defender's arm, like it, then it's not a penalty, right? But we're led to believe this season, with all this nonsense with VAR, that mm. if ball hits hand, it's a penalty regardless. No, so he went out. Regardless of that, he went out. That's a pe- guys. You <laughs> cannot even entertain <laughs> the argument that it wasn't a penalty. It oh, wasn't given, so you yes, can turn. We it's, can. it's easier to turn around now and say, <laughs> well, yeah, hundred percent, it was a stone waller, but it wasn't given, so. Mm. Who cares? We won. Mm. It was a penalty. Was it mm-hmm. a sending off? No. I don't think the second one was. I thought the first one was yellow card. So you're talking about Maitland-Niles? Maitland-Niles, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, no, first no, yeah, first one was yellow okay. card. I thought the second one, he won the ball first. Yeah, it was just Can a follow. I, I, thought it was infor- I just think it was unfortunate. With, with do you know what? I, I'm actually going to sit on the other side of the fence. I think it was a sending off. Only because he was clumsy. And if you're on a yellow and you go to ground, mm. I'm not saying that... That's how football should be, but mm. that is what what it is. If you go to ground mm. and you make John Moss make a decision, and he's mm. the sort of referee that will ha- happily get his his card in his pocket, he's, he's one of the worst refs, you know. He should not be. He should not. He's not fit enough. He's rubbish. He's yeah. not rubbish fit enough. Waddles to, to, from to the re- centre of the pitch, but yeah. you've still given mm. him that decision because mm. Maitland knows whether he slipped. We won the ball first. You know, if you win the ball first, but you go in two footed and take the ball, and then the players the other side of the ball. You're off because it's reckless, and I wonder if that's what Moss had thought. The thing that I do, I do wonder though is, sometimes shouldn't a video ref say, "Actually, you're wrong there, mate." If because John Moss had already made his mind up, he wasn't even looking. Yeah. He wasn't even no, going to say to yeah. VAR, "Can you just double check that for me?" He had his hand out. He had his yellow card out already. Wrong. So, but I think that's the natural instinct of referees that they're still trying to get used to, because as a referee, you you instantly get a yellow card. You're off. And they would have looked at it. They would have reviewed it. That's just the way that why, it is. Why is why is every tackle a yellow card nowadays as well? Well, that's another issue that's altogether. It, isn't it? Like Back it, in the day, that's a good challenge. You've you've got the ball and then you've the gone through the man and you're just, that's just a proper a huge, challenge. Even the Villa, there's a couple of yellow cards just now. It's like it's just a tackle. Like it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. a foul. Mm-hmm. But not every foul has to be a yellow card. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to um, just the substitution. How the substitutions change the effect of the game, and particularly uh, Torreira's role. Because generally, I see him as a player that should be at the base of the defense, of the of the midfield. But yes. yesterday, I saw the reason why, in this instance, he he plays further up the field because we needed to press Aston mm. Villa. Even in the beginning of the second half, if you remember, they were still in the ascendancy mm. a bit, and his intervention along with Willock 
allowed us to have that bit more energy that bit, you know just to sort of get in their faces and not allow them to come out and I thought in that instance I saw why Torreira plays further forward but generally as a general rule I think he should stay at the base of midfield do you know what else he does really well Torreira as well none of our midfielders do not Shaka, not Kanduzi, really plays forward yeah. He gets the ball at his feet and he wants to go forward. Can do his jacket, they like the side pass, they like to go to the side, go to the full backs, go out wide. Torreira gets the ball, he's all quick, gets the ball at his feet, wants to go forward. And that's, it just puts the team on the back foot straight mm. away. You straight away go forward, bit of pace, bit of inject, bit of pace into the ball, straight away you're on the back foot, aren't you? Because you're, you're bypassing yeah. other midfielders in there and people think, oh crap, there's someone behind me, now you've got to run back. And he does that really well, Torreira. He's, he just, he's always looking forward. Do you, do you, think, do you think the reason why memory might prefer the other two is because of their more expansive uh, passing. Torreira's not 100% fit. That's yeah. why he's not playing. Simple yeah. as. He's been travelling to Uruguay and back or South America and back. He's got a niggly little groin strain that's yeah. still not gone at the moment. So that's the only reason why I think if he's fully fit he plays. Do you believe the conspiracy theorists that because he's not a tall athletic footballer I mean he is athletic but not you know the Physical six foot specimen. the six foot sort of Stephen and Zonzi style mm. Um, that that's why he's not getting looking. Because it does seem as though Emery's kind of. It could be because he's not fully fit. Did he start the other night, Trevor? Uh, against mm. Frankfurt. He did, yes, yes. yes. So, so maybe that. Maybe. I don't know. I, 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 can't, I don't and know. The, the thing is, he, he tends to start in fair right field. So if you wanted to do that role, you wouldn't. You wouldn't really want that from somebody that's not fully fit. You know, yeah. to be pressing high up the field, and I didn't think he had a great game Thursday night at Frankfurt. Mm. To be fair, I think he's one of our weaker mm. players. He kicked the ball away. Yeah. Frankfurt, I didn't know. It's very unlike him. That's why it stood out to me. He kicked the ball away, and Willock really controlled the game mm. the other night. We well, yesterday again, Willock superbly yeah. come on. We're going to yeah. get on to Frankfurt because it's worth touching on that because some of those kids did play. A quick stat before we finish on the Aston Villa stuff, and I was surprised by this. Only nine occasions in the Premier League has a team mm. gone down to ten men whilst in a losing position mm. and won the game. Only yeah. nine occasions. Yeah. Arsenal well, responsible for 33.3% of those. Wow. So. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you to name the other two because that is a tough mm. quiz. But it is Derby in 97 and Bolton in 2008. Wow. There you oh, go. Uh, I, at one point, I think it was at that game mistake. I, I generally didn't. I always thought we could come back. I always think we can at home. No, we go. Yeah. We used to go quite behind quite a lot, didn't we? Mm. And we'd always turn it around, go one of them the first half, mm. win three. Mm. Second half, FC. And yeah. I just think at home, mm. it just seems like they suck it in at that end. I don't mm. know. It just, I don't ever feel like we're out of a game. Mm. Mm. We've also had a tweet in as well from Chris Davison, friend of the show, of course, who has said there are questions being asked about the coach, and that's fair. But saying he deserved the sack at this point in time is wrong. He's on your side, Charlie. However, things must improve with defence and overall team performance, or Unai will be putting his job on the line. Top four is a must. I, I agree with that. I, I totally. And if I, if if, if Unai Emery <laughs> does not reach top four or win your opener this season. He's, he's up he's up for the taking. He, I, I, and I'll, I admit that. He's got to be allowed a chance to reach his goal. He yeah. has to. Yeah. I don't think he should be sacked in October. However, I would like the position to be reviewed in December. Okay, but in December, if we're five points off top four... Like I said, if we're not in the mix come December, then cut it. But what is the mix? What is the mix? How far off got, is that? If we if we if we're floundering like five to, ten ten points off the top four and we're not and we're coming up to Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Leicester and whatnot, what's the point of keeping him? 
No, no, what no, is I, the point? I, there is I no agree point. with that. I, I think it's very highly likely that we won't be, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if we're still in the mix, we're still around, in and around there, fine. Because that run of games there, we got to get something out of it, at least. We could, at be least. Close. we could be close to Liverpool. Yeah, we could, you, never, you never know. You never know. But if Champions, you're not, Charles, yeah. champions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting close to Liverpool, are yeah. they? Let's be honest. No, because it's, it's, always, it's always around that Christmas period we seem to... Yeah. Last season, we had a good start, yeah. and then we... You know. And it's a hard run of fixtures yeah. over that period. It is. It is. So, um, Frankfurt, Charlie, yeah. you were out there? I was out there, yeah. Yeah, talk to me. Great. It was... Uh, Oktoberfest, was it? Yeah, it was nice. There's uh, lots of beer. Drunk. September still. Wie geht's deiner joy? Yeah, it wouldn't have been Oktoberfest, <laughs> mate. No. no. Wrong month for that. <laughs> I'll tell you what was a funny story. Um, it was in a bar. It was in a bar, and my mate Johnny was drinking... Uh, White beer, what they call it, vice beer. Vice beer. So I was, I was in a, I was in a bar after the game, so quite drunk. I said to him, "Vasa, Vasa beer, Vasa." She just gave me two pints of water. water yeah, Vasa. <laughs> Vasa's water, mate. You donut. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, a good performance. He play, he, he blooded some of the youngsters. We see the team. Mm-hmm. People when we was out there, we were going, "What's he doing? Oh, why are we playing this team?" And I saw everyone. I felt a couple of people in his room here probably thought, "What's going on here?" But it worked. <laughs> Do you know what I like? We had a lot of chances as well. We missed a lot. We created a lot of chances. We gave away a lot of chances. It was a bit of a gamble. I don't mind that gamble in yeah. the Europa League. And I don't mind seeing superb. those kids. Yeah. I don't mind seeing those kids. Emmy Martinez, like super. Oh, he was brilliant. Super. You've been talking about my him. dad. Yeah. My dad has always been a huge goalkeeper. Yeah. Been a huge fan yeah. of him and Art Martinez from day one. He, really? he, he was very brave as well. He yes. didn't come out to he's a lump. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the difference. He's yeah. a big guy. Callum claim things. Yeah, clean, yeah. Callum Chambers, superb. And I'm not going to say it too loudly. Mustafi done all right. He did. He did. <laughs> what was the reception like for Mustafi? Did you? Did you? Did you applaud him? I, I, mate, I'm Ooh. very fair. I just give him. A, <laughs> I'll give him a little tweet as well. I'm a little quick to give you, dig you out, mate, but we'll play today. I, hope I don't see you anytime soon, but well done. I'm sure he appreciated that. But you it is funny, to. isn't it, when you look at a man who was, what, a 42, 43 million pound player just in the doldrums and just being wheeled out for a first game in the Europa League group stages. You know, someone else as well, it just just doesn't do it for me is Kalaznach at the minute and all. Mm. He's not a left back, is he? No. He can't defend. And to no. let Monreal go, I still fit. I still think we regret that a bit. Yeah, I, I don't like the decision to let Monreal go, but if, if Tierney, if Tierney's, he looks like he's a couple of weeks away. I think, from, I think he'll play tomorrow yeah. night. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. Look, I, I didn't watch the game on um, the under twenty three. The under twenty three, but people I know did watch it. So he looks sharp. Yeah, sixty two minutes. Him yeah. and Bellingham. Him and Bellingham. So yeah. hopefully get them so in. So what's the team? What tomorrow? For Forest. Well, well, it is Forest tomorrow, of course, and then after Forest, it's. The trip to play Manchester United. Monday night football on Sky Sports. Talking about that next. Love Sports. This is Love Sports, the Arsenal fan show with the guys from Gunnerstown and me, Matt Biddle. Yes, it's opposition view because after the game with Forrest in midweek is the Carabao Cup. Arsenal travel to Old Trafford, the theatre of dreams, where they have not won, gents, since the 2006-07 season. A penalty missed in that game as well, I believe. Mm. Thomas Kushak saving for Manchester United. To talk about that, we have got our North West correspondent on the line, Mark Flanagan. Mark, how do you see this game going after United's catastrophic 2-0 defeat, shall we say, at the London Stadium against West Ham this weekend? Well, good evening, Matt, and good evening, boys. Um, I'm sure you're looking forward to three points on Monday. Well, honestly, going to Old Trafford is not (laughs) somewhere we have much hope. But Monday nights give us a little bit of hope. We rolled back a couple of years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, yes, well, of course, and and, and I think the sort of the silver lining really for United that they'll be they'll be grasping at any kind of straws at the moment is that it actually looks like Martial might be fit um, for that game. So um, Great. any any kind of any kind of thing like that is United fans are going to grasp onto because I think if if he hadn't been fit, Ollie would have been looking at the under 16s for a for a striker. It's it's got that bad. Um, he got his own know, boots on. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Can, you know, it's. I mean, the, the striking obviously is, a, is an issue with the um, injuries, but I think more pertinently is the is the lack of kind of dynamism and creativity in midfield. Um, Arsenal have got that kind of knack. They, they, they feel like they, you know, Arsenal are going to score at least once. Um, and I think if Arsenal take the lead at Old Trafford, you know, you just get that feeling that United just aren't going to score. Um, you know, you just. I think they've, they've scored five goals in the last six games um, obviously the Chelsea game apart they've really struggled to, to break down teams um, obviously Arsenal's defence isn't the greatest but they've got um, you know they've got so much more going forward Arsenal than Manchester United at the moment and um, I think if you were making a composite team of the, you know, the Arsenal and Manchester United you'd probably take sort of five out of the six Arsenal front players you know um, maybe you'd have to care and you'd have um, Maguire, but apart from that, and Wan Bissaka maybe even, but apart from that, um, United is so short going forward. It's it's getting quite embarrassing, really. Hi, hi, Mark. Um, I've, I've read I've read I've read somewhere that Man United have lost. I've only won four of the last fifteen. If con- in con- uh, continuing from last season to, to this season, I mean, yeah, that's what, right. Yeah, what is the what is, what is the atmosphere like within the fan base towards Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Because the, the the impression is he's not getting... I think that squad is capable of getting top four. When you look at the names on paper, the kind of players you've got... OK, your, your front line is, is a bit is a bit under undercooked, but why can't he get a performance out of that squad? Well, I think actually over the last sort of three years in, in terms of previous managers have had a go and, and there's been a sort of steady, gradual decline... I think there's been a real sort of calibration of Manchester United fans' expectations, really. And I think that, you know, they've, they've watched them week in, week out, gradually decline. I think they understand that um, the problems are much more deep-rooted than the manager. Obviously, the fact he is, you know, a legend and scored the famous goal in the, in the Champions League final gives him a, a bit more time with the fans. But, you know, Man United fans who go week in, week out understand that this is this is a problem that comes from the Glazers and the, and the fact that um, the lack of understanding about what it takes to run a successful football club, um, and I'm talking about the Glazers in terms of their appointments and, and the direction that they give, not in terms of the they're given you know they're given money and and, and play and, and you know managers have had money to spend, but the the, sort of the lack of structure and the way that Manchester City particularly have kind of shown them exactly how it should be done makes it even worse and. You know, you only have to look three miles over the city to see how a football club should be run. And I think United fans, that's their deep-rooted hatred of the of, of the Glazers and how that's all kind of unfolded over the last 10 years, really, is 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 what stops them really sort of going for Ollie in a big way because they know that he's not actually the issue. Uh, hi, Mark. I did see it. I don't know if it's true or not. I see a stat yesterday that since Fergie's left, you've actually spent the same amount as money as Man City as well. Did you, did you aware of that at all? Yeah, the, I think it's, um, uh, in terms of gross spending, I think yeah. Manchester United's net spending is le- is lower than oh, okay. Manchester City's, yeah, because of the players that they've recruited, obviously famously Ronaldo, 
uh, um, and Tevez and, and, and people like that. So, yeah, I think it's close to a bit. I think they've both spent about five, 950 million, but United have recruited a lot more. That was a slightly kind of um, um, misleading statistic. But they still spent the money. Um, mm. And they spent, you know, they spent 60 million on Di Maria and... And, Falcao you know, was a fortune. And Falcao right? and, you know, all these players who... I mean, look at what look at Di Maria now. I mean, look at, you know, putting in a fantastic performance midweek in the Champions League. Um, you know, it's not just that they're bringing in the wrong players. It's, it's the mismanaging the players. Yeah. It's the fact that people like Rashford haven't developed like you'd hope they would. Martial hasn't developed like... Even Pogba, you, for me, I think Pogba's yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. He, you put him in another yeah. team, he would flourish, be the best. Like, for how he's for France, stands out week in, week out, wherever he plays for him. Best plan to pitch yeah. by a country mile. Yeah, I mean, th- this is it. There's, 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 there's so many worries about the kind of long-term sort of planning and and, ha- and how it all works at Old Trafford. That um, obviously that kind of overshadows much of what goes on on the pitch. And people were, you know, Man United fans going to that game um, on Sunday, they weren't expecting to win at all. You know, but that to me was it was quite a close game against West Ham. Two very evenly matched teams, but United West Ham just had a bit more in attack. Um, Man United had a couple of chances. Maguire had a good chance, and if you know Mata just missed that cross, um, so the, you know people are saying it was you know it was an awful performance. To me, that's the, you know West Ham and Manchester United are two teams who are going to finish between sort of sixth and tenth mm. and, and I think a lot of Man United fans have kind of come to accept that's how it's going to be this season yeah so Mark just a quick one then um, f- uh, on the tactical side um, <clears throat> of mm. the game on Monday so one of the challenges Arsenal have had is that we're very very open uh, particularly in the middle of the park from a United perspective uh, where we're vulnerable is going back to front so if, if United have got the ball going back to front and, le- and we'll leave t- a lot of space do United mm. have the pace in the midfield to transition from back to front quickly? Let's just say Arsenal attack in and there's a turnover of possession. Do they have the the pace in the players available to do that? Or if not, who is the closest to be able to deliver on that, going back to front, transitioning quickly? Well, in many respects, the, the fact that Arsenal are almost set up perfectly for Manchester United. Manchester, United. Manchester United's big problem this season has been able to sort of break down teams who sit deep, who... I think we're going to get you know eight nine men behind the ball, and they just don't have the wherewithal to kind of break open teams. The problem that a lot of the top teams have, but City and Liverpool and uh, are the classic teams who, who cope very well. Where Man United are more effective, and it's when Rashford and Daniel James are playing out wide, it is that transition from the breakdown in the middle of the park, the ball through to James or Rashford. Rashford is much more effective coming in from the wing. And if Martial's fit, um, you know, I think he'll be a lot happier than, he, than having to play down the middle. So if Martial plays up top with James one side and Rashford on the other, um, that is United's best chance of getting anything out of the game. That The fact that, you know, Arsenal do go a bit gung-ho and, and, and leave gaps in between the sort of defence and midfield. Yeah, well, to finish up, Mark, I have to bring you the breaking news that Jurgen Klopp has won the Best FIFA Men's <laughs> Coach Award. Well, there we go. What a way to finish. Uh, Mark Flanagan, thank you very much for joining cheers, us, Mark. as always. We'll speak to you very soon. Cheers. That was Mark Flanagan, the Love Sport Radio Northwest correspondent. Jurgen Klopp, there we go. Best Men's FIFA Coach. What a surprise. Else, Pochettino ain't won. Sorry? <laughs> yeah. Uh, chaps, we are nearly mm. at the end. That was Mark Flanagan's thoughts. What are your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, your predictions of, again, 2006-07, <clears throat> the last time mm. you won a game at Old Trafford? He made an interesting point that, because 
yeah, I, I see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a sort of a counter-attacking kind of guy. And Arsenal will try and flood yeah. forward. And I do worry that if Martial is back and Pogba is back... and I think Rashford yeah. not being there is a big, is a big yeah. plus for James us. James with James, James, James Mar- don't, don't do down Martial. Martial's probably oh, Martial's, more clinical. Martial's but class. just coming back clinical. from fitness. Uh, yeah. what, what we're getting, and I feel like I and say this every week now, is that it is another massive, massive game in the Premier League. Yeah. We're not even 10 games in. It's a yeah. huge game. More yeah. pressure on United than us. Oh, a hell of a lot more. Yeah. The results just though. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Predictions? 2-2. Yeah. Two, two. I'm going to be positive. I think we're going to go up and do a bit. I think Pepe going to, with that big space on that pitch, I think it's his game to shine this next week. I want 3-1. I want us to win. And deep down, I really want to be able to say we're going to win. But I'm still going to hit a 1-1 one, one draw. A 1-1 one, one draw. Well, no one's gone for a defeat I'll there. take, I'll so take a draw go. now, personally. Lovely stuff. Well, this has been the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Spot. We'll see you at 7pm next Monday. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. <laughs>